Uh, and, uh, you know, the new year is a good time to look back and to look ahead. That's why I named this message Looking Back, Looking Ahead. And uh, it's, it's good to look back. And, and, I, and I thought I would uh, pop up some pictures of some of the things we did, not all of them, but some things. I mean, we had uh, the men had a breakfast. And uh, I think those pictures will pop up. We were, maybe not. And uh, so, can y'all see a picture? I'm not seeing a picture. Let's go to the next one, guys. What's wrong with the pictures? All right, outside our church. And if the parish council would approve the permits, then we might get fiber. And here's to y'all pray that Jefferson Parish Council approves the AT&T fiber permits. But uh, we did have the men come out and do a breakfast, and our guys like to eat breakfast. Um, Mitch came out with a big old griddle we had outside, and we were cooking and doing all kinds of fun stuff, and the guys were doing some serious eating. Uh, we had people get out of their comfort zones this year. Andre shared his testimony one, one Wednesday night. We had a Valentine's banquet. How many of y'all went to the Valentine's banquet? Some of y'all did because you lost the game, all right? That's where we found out how we don't know, how well we don't know our, our spouses. And, uh, and so, oh, there's some pictures. There's a men's breakfast. They're popping up all of a sudden. And, and, then, uh, and so we had a ladies' night out, if y'all can skip to that one. There's Andre sharing his, his uh, testimony. And uh, he was a little bit nervous. And so what took him about 45 minutes to tell me, I think he did it in like seven, you know, that night in front of people. There's the ladies having a ladies' night out. How many of y'all ladies enjoy that? And so we'll do a couple of those this year and, and everything. We had uh, uh, Pastor Kathy is out in the community a lot. We both are, but uh, she was asked to pray at the Memorial Day Remembrance at, uh, for Jefferson Parish. And uh, so she prayed there. She also prayed at Labor Day, uh, or is that what it was, Labor Day? Yeah, Labor Day, uh, Veterans Day, Veterans Day. I was wondering why we're we praying at Labor Day. But, uh, but Veterans Day, and then uh, I did an imitation of a priest who didn't show up. So I didn't make the bulletin, but you know, I did get to pray. And uh, so we're out in the community. And we had birthday cake. Y'all know we like birthday cake here. See if that picture pops up. There it is, the April birthdays. And, uh, you know, hey, look, just, just so you know, I come by it honest. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, uh, we like cake. Roll that uh, back there, guys. Uh, at a very early age, there it is right there with cake. And, uh, and so uh, Kenny was asking earlier, who would give you cake at that age? My mama did. My mama loves me. And uh, so I've liked cake ever since that time right there. So you can, you can blame that. Uh, we, we gave food. You know, we give food to the school down the street, uh, 25 kids. We send food home every weekend. And we've talked to some of the parents that that happens, and they're appreciative. But we also sent food. The, the sheriff has a thing called the Band of Excellence where he takes at-risk kids from all over the parish, mostly the West Bank, I think, and they tutor them after school. They uh, do music lessons and all that thing, and they have a band, and they've actually gotten quite good, and they have gotten a high number of the kids in that program college scholarships, kids that would never get a college scholarship otherwise because of the tutoring, and, and they also feed them in the evening. Well, uh, sometimes we send food to them, and this food, these are, this is some of the bag food we had, and they sent food home with these kids as well because a lot of those kids are the same as the fuel of the future kids, they got crazy home lives. And so you're part of that, of doing that. So then we had a joy fellowship in May. And, um, and so uh, after the joy fellowship, we, we had a great time with that. Then how many of y'all remember what happened August 29th? Hurricane. Hurricane came through. That's actually over in River Ridge right there. Uh, we were very fortunate here on the West Bank. It kind of curved around us. Uh, the bad part of it really messed up Kenner, Laplace, and, and uh, those areas, and River Ridge is out towards that, and so uh, we were actually on the way to a death scene, and we saw this picture right after the hurricane. So we had the hurricane hit, and because of that, Convoy of Hope, whom we support and have supported, uh, roll those pictures, guys, keep up with me back there, and, uh, and so uh, we've got Convoy of Hope. You see, there's a group picture of us right there, and, uh, and so then we had a distribution. Guys, we need some guys to help. Go back to that one. 
we, this is the ladies out there working. That's Miss Terry right there. They're hauling these boxes, so men, we need some, need some guys to show up and help with this stuff now. And uh, so go ahead and go to the next slide, and there you see the line. It was down Palette. It's a lot further than we could see. And, uh, and so then you see the line in the parking lot. Oh, there's my favorite Convoy of Hope picture right there, Pastor Kathy, uh, in the shade. But there's the line right there, and we would pray for cars as they would come in and then give them supplies to help them go clean their house, some food and water and stuff like that. And, uh, and so uh, then, then not long after that, uh, I think we've got one more Convoy of Hope picture. Oh, no, there it is, the car lost control coming through the tunnel, and decided to drive through the church. This building's been here for 60 years, and nobody's ever done that. That's the inside of the children's room you see right there, and uh, so it really kind of tore it up. But our men uh, came to work that next morning, and ladies, because Lisa was out there helping as well, and some other ladies, and, and, uh, and so we cleaned that up, and they built a temporary wall, which is still there today, unfortunately. So we need to pray that the insurance company pays out, all right? We're kind of having a little bit of argument with that. They want to give us about 15000 less than what it's going to take to fix it. And, uh, and so uh, they, they called me the other day and said, have you finished the, the repairs? And I said, I hadn't started. They said, why not? I said, you hadn't sent us any money. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, we're working on that. And, um, and so, but our guys built that temporary wall. And, uh, and, and we actually, in our sheriff's office, and, and a great deal of this is because of who she is with the sheriff's office, Pastor Kathy, and even my own involvement, but mainly her, is they set a deputy in front of our church the whole night after that happened so nobody would walk in that hole because it was a big hole there. And I promise you, somebody would have walked in. And uh, we had a guy, we caught uh, stealing stuff out of another church we were at, and, and his explanation was, well, I, I pulled on the door and it opened, so I just thought I'd go in. I mean, that's what people's mindset is. And so somebody would have gone in if a deputy hadn't have been sitting there, and then our guys and some of the ladies came, cleaned it up, and put that wall up there, and so we're appreciative of that. And uh, so then after the uh, car in the church uh, thing, uh, Kathy, Pastor Kathy, did an interview with Sola Kim. Some of y'all saw that on Channel 6. And uh, so they interviewed her. And uh, they didn't get that picture. That was my picture. They were seeing her off her computer. Uh, and they interviewed her, and which gave our church some good advertisement. The storyline was, though, and we're still trying to reach this guy, the guy that was driving, uh, he had a pocket Bible that fell out on the ground. His reading glasses fell out on the ground. A little, some prayer cards of his mom and dad's funeral fell out on the ground. And we want to reach him. We want to we see him because we don't, I mean... That could have been any one of us coming through that tunnel that caught that curb and lost control. And so, uh, but she did that interview, and that was kind of the story that WDSU was doing, which I thought was good, not just a hole in the wall, but, hey, there's a person here, and we're trying to reach them. And so that worked out well. Then we had the Harvest Fest. There's our photo booth for the Harvest Fest. And you can see the crowd shots. We had a huge crowd. Over 400 people came through uh, as we had perfect weather this year. How many of y'all remember two years ago when we were able to do it? It was freezing cold. I mean, and, uh, but uh, thanks to, to Gil and Denise and their crew about, and, and Denise and her mom were out serving hot dogs. I mean, we had hot dogs. The longest line, though, was the, uh, was the funnel cakes and the uh, cotton candy machine. The lady that works at Lowe's loaned us her cotton candy machine. That was a big hit. And uh, I hadn't had cotton candy, and I can't even count the number of years. That was fun. So great community event. People came from all over, actually. We advertised on Facebook. We didn't canvas this year. We had people coming from Slidell and Kenner to, to that and, and uh, had a great time. And so that went well. And then back out in the community, you see a picture here of Pastor Kathy speaking at the bottom line luncheon. And then at uh, drug court, one of the things that we're very active in is drug court. And and so one of the things that we're hoping to do that the judge that started drug court has asked her a couple of times about the spirituality part of drug court. Drug court is like rehab with a hammer. If they mess up, they go to jail. And, uh, and so, so you've, got the, you've got the hammer side, but you've got the nice side. You need both. And uh, so we're hoping that maybe just 
other than her speaking and praying at every drug court graduation, that maybe we'll be able to have like a group where they do a, a spirituality group with that. But here again, that's, that's, they ask her all the time, and, and uh, that reflects well on you guys and our church. Uh, then we had a Christmas Joy Fellowship. There's a picture, huge crowd for that, and a couple of our Skeleton Key ladies. This year we started a ministry called Skeleton Key, which is ladies helping other ladies when they get out of jail. And because uh, the jail has a bad habit of letting people out at night after everything's closed, after most people have gone home and gone to bed. And so these ladies will either Uber them to a safe place or pick them up. Uh, we've got what we call dignity bags that we give them that has toiletries and uh, feminine products and all that kind of stuff is because it's ladies helping them because when they come out, they have what they're wearing. That's it. And, uh, and so we get them a safe place to stay, and then they get them into different uh, uh, sober living places or into a program. And so that's a ministry you guys are part of. And, uh, and so they both shared their testimonies, and I thought they were powerful testimonies. They, they, they kind of missed the 10-minute part about that since the first one was 40 and the second one was about 30. But, uh, but they were powerful anyway, and, and it was a, a powerful time. Then... We had guys helping decorate the church this year. Unbelievable. Look at that. Three guys working on that tree right there. It's amazing. And then Mr. Henry decorated the tree out front. I just didn't get a picture of him doing that. Uh, he was out there working on that. And, and, uh, and then we had a Christmas gift wrapping crew. All those presents. We gave away presents to a bunch of kids. All of our kids. We gave presents to the kids down the street that... Uh, we give food to and others that were in need. And uh, there you see the picture of the presents. And, uh, and then also with that, we gave away dinner baskets. You can see a picture of those right there. Uh, we went out and, and uh, Terry uh, found uh, the baskets. And, uh, and it worked perfect because we put a gift card for ham in there. And, uh, and so we gave away a lot of those baskets. We have a few left if you know someone who is in need of food. We can help with that. And then we ended the year with the kids singing for Christmas. And they actually sang good, didn't they? And uh, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and so we had a good time this past year. Those are just some of the things we did. And uh, the Christmas angel, Susan Bowman headed the Christmas angel thing. Now, she doesn't just do the ones we do for our church. Susan Bowman handles all of the requests that come out of the jail hundreds of them, she calls those families to make sure they want a present, and then she assigns them to a church or a restaurant. Olive Branch Restaurant does 25 or 50, something like that, where they'll ha let the family come eat for free and get a present. And uh, so Rusty Autry is a great guy and really involved in that with us. And, uh, and so, but Susan sets all that stuff up. She goes shopping for a bunch of kids as well. And the presents we have left over... I think we're sending all of those to Children's Hospital this week uh, uh, because it does us no good to have wrapped presents here all year. We want to get them in the hands of some children. And, uh, and so I've been in, in, in the hospital. I'm not going to show you that picture. I don't think I have it on there. But I was in the hospital one Christmas. And uh, <laughs> that's another story another time. <laughs> so I, well, Santa Claus came to see me. I was nine years old. And uh, so when these kids are in hospitals. We want them to get some gifts. I thought I had one in there. I thought I had a ladies' Bible study luncheon. Yeah, I had a picture of it. And uh, and so, well, I don't know if it showed, but we we did do that. And so we've had a had had some good things happening, and uh, this year, and and so uh, and you know we're going to start off this year the way we've done, but we I, I really want to encourage you guys participate in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, the ninth through the 23rd. We'll break the fast with donuts and biscuits on the 23rd, all right? And, uh, and so uh, we want you to, we want you to uh, make sure you do that because I think if we put God first, he's going to take care of the rest of us, the rest of our stuff. And uh, so we've got some resources we, we'll have in your bulletins next week, a prayer guide uh, that'll just have some general things that we need to pray about, that the Bible tells us to pray about. We'll have a little prayer card. I meant to bring one of those in here with me. 
But on one side, it's got some salvation scriptures, and on the other side, it's got a place for you to write 12 names you're praying for, for to receive God's blessing. How many of you are glad uh, about what God's done in your life? And, and wouldn't it be cool that some of the people you know to experience the same thing? And that's what that is. I want you to pray for them. And we've got some fasting resources that we'll have in your bulletin and online as well. I just redesigned the, the website a little bit, and, and so it's got these resources on there. Now, the new year is a time for looking ahead and looking behind. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a great time to reflect. And how many of you, you've ever been to a New Year's Eve party? Matter of fact, Pastor Kathy got a New Year's Eve card, a New Year's card. She played it the other day. And it was, it was the song, Old Lang Syne. Anybody ever sang that? I'm not going to sing it, but I want to share the words with you. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in days of old Lang Syne? For old Lang Syne, my dear, for old Lang Syne. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. Everybody, how many of y'all have sung that? You could have sung that with me if I was singing it, but you know the tune. Do, 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 do. And, and so you, you hear that in the mall and you just kind of start singing the words with it. Anybody know what it means? Nobody knows what it means. It was written by a Scottish guy named Robert Burns. And here's what it means. It means days in the past, old Lang Syne. And, and it's Scottish for days in the past. And so we're going to, it's asking the question, what should be remembered and what should be forgotten? And we're going to ask that same thing as we go into 2022. What should we bring with us into 22? And what should we leave behind in 2021? And, uh, and so there's some things we need to leave behind in 2021 and some things we want to bring with us. And I, so I'm going to share some scriptures, and I'm going to give you a little activity that actually I've been doing for this last week, uh, and, um, and so it's, it's, it, it'll be good, I think, it, and it's been, a, it's been a good year for uh, most of us. It's got good and bad. I mean, it kind of depends. It's kind of like having COVID. You feel good one minute and not good the next, but I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, but we survived Ida. We've survived COVID lockdowns, and, uh, and we're going to Keep on going, and we're going to thrive even with COVID bumping around uh, still. And so let's look at what some things we need to leave behind. Now, uh, you can all probably think of some things you want to leave behind. If you were sick this year or you lost someone, you'd like to leave that grief behind. But there, there's some things that we need to leave behind. One, write this down. We should leave behind old history. Old history. Uh, you know, and uh, we've all, whether it's good or bad history, Sometimes we, we do something good and we want to ride on that, you know. We, just want, we want to rest on our laurels, so to speak, you know, and, and, uh, and ride on that or bad history, but we want to leave that behind. You do that spiritually, uh, you know, and, and if, you, if you do that in the spirit realm, God will get involved with it because it's God that said this about all the other stuff. In Isaiah, he said, forget all that. Somebody say, forget about it. He said, forget about it, if he was talking West Bank. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something new. Listen, God wants to do a new thing in each one of you this year. He wants to do a new thing for you this year, and in you and through you. He's about to do something new. And then he says, look, see, I've already begun. Don't you see it? here's what he's saying. He said, look, I'm going to do a new thing. You may not see it yet. You might see, well, we've been through the most horrible time, and it's been a difficult time. We've had COVID. We've had crazy politics. Nobody wants to do the right thing or whatever it is. And, 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 and yet he said, I'm doing a new thing in you and through you. You may not see it yet. Here's what he says. I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. You might look out there at your future at this year, and it's, it's just all crazy. And God's saying, there's a path through there that I'm going to make for you. And, then, and he says, he said, I'll create rivers in a wasteland for you. You might feel like you're done. God said, I'm going to do a river. What does a river represent? The Holy Spirit's nourishment in your life. He's going he's to create that for you. See, God will make a way for us even when we don't see it. And, and here, to be honest, you don't need to see it. You just got to believe that God's going to do it. We want this year to be a year of great faith and where we build up our faith. And so you want to leave behind old histories. You need to leave behind old hurts. You need to leave behind old hurts. All of us have some hurts, right? And, and it's a process to get over those. In 2022, 
We want to do a better job this year of helping you uh, walk through leaving behind past hurts. And that's why we're going to emphasize a lot more the small groups this year. We're going to do them in semesters. We're going to start in late January, and it'll run till about Easter, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll do another semester. And, and uh, one of the groups we're going to do is a living free group. And there's different different parts of that, but uh, we're going to do some of those. And, and um, we're clearing out. We've got storage now. I need some people this week that'll come and box up all this Christmas stuff. It's not going in a room. It's going in a storage. And the stuff that's in these rooms is going in storage because we're going to clear them out and set them up for small groups, for classes. Because this building, God gave us this building to use for ministry, not to store decorations. And so uh, we're going to... We're going to use this building for ministry, and part of it is to help with that. Look what Paul said. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So the basis of leaving old hurts behind is a relationship with Jesus. He said, the old is gone, the new's come. He said, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. What that means is God took your balance to zero of what you owed him, and he made you right with him, and then he says, Then he says this, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so that's what we're going to hopefully help you do a little bit better this year. Uh, And it's it's to leave, and we may may see a different kind of grief group, you know, and and because a lot of people have had losses, and and you need to work through that. Another thing that we want to leave behind are old habits. Anybody besides me got some habits you need to leave behind? Uh, You know, we've all got old habits. And, And let me tell you, the Bible is very clear. We can move past our habits. We can move past our habits. We can change our habits. And one of, the, one of the best ways to do it is what we're doing starting next week is prayer and fasting. Uh, you know, you can, you can move past some of those bad habits. You, you slay your flesh, your, your nature, and you give that first part of the year to God. Look what Isaiah said. Isaiah 58, 6, he said, Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains? He wants to loose the chains on you this year. And during this 21 days, I, I hope he'll do that. I, I mean, it may be food that you don't need to be eating. <clears throat> you know, I've been enjoying the Christmas and holiday season. <clears throat> and, um, and my blood work from my doctor reflected that. And, uh, and so Robert's got to go low sugar. I already had to give up salt. Now I'm having to give up sugar. I don't know what else good is out there, but, uh, but a lot of veggies, I guess, you know. But, uh, and, you know, and so... Maybe it's a food you don't need to be. Maybe it's something you don't need to be reading or looking at on your phone. Maybe it's social media time you need to give up some of and, and uh, too much news. <clears throat> you know, I, I basically decided last year I don't watch the news. I'll pick what I want to read because all they do on the TV news, whether it's Fox or CNN, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, they lie to get ratings. That's what they want because ratings are money. And so they'll do some intense headline so you'll watch. And, and the advertisers make the money. So you pick what you read. Maybe that's what you need. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you watch all that stuff, you're just going to live jacked up is what's going to happen. And so uh, whatever it is, you need, to, you need to do it. See, a lot of this old stuff, these old habits and everything, stay attached to you. And if you just dwell on them and ruminate on them and, and, and focus on them, They'll stay attached. But if you put your faith in, in with some action, God can change those things in your life. And, and, and so, you know, if you, just, if you dwell on it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to follow you around. Write this down. I can't go back and change the beginning, but I can start where I am and change the ending. See, he's saying right there, look, you can't go back and change what you did or what was done to you. But you can start right now, today, and you can have a different ending than where you're headed. And, and so uh, you need to hear that. Start where you are. Start today. And God will work from where you are to take you to where He wants you to be. So I'm just trying to speak some faith into you for a little bit. So what do we do in this new year? So uh, John Maxwell said experience isn't the best teacher. You know, a lot of people say, well, I learned from the school of hard knocks. Man, I don't want to learn from the school of hard knocks. My dad used to always say, son, learn from my mistakes. And, uh, and when you're smart, you do learn from somebody else's mistakes. John Maxwell says that evaluated experience is the best teacher. 
you've got to evaluate the experience to learn from it. And, and, uh, and, and so you don't always learn. I mean, if, if experience was the best teacher, people with a lot of experience would be uh, doing better, right? But typically, we keep doing the same stupid stuff because we don't learn from our experiences. We need to evaluate. Now, you might want to review your year. I think if you'll review your year, and I'm going to give you a couple ways to do that, uh, and ask God to show you what you could have learned from those experiences. One of the things I've, I've been doing is scrolling through my pictures. And uh, Pastor Kathy said, why did you send me that? I said, oh, I saw it. I thought it was a cute picture of you or something like that. you know. Or, but going through different pictures and, and, and doing that and evaluating. What did I learn here? What could I have I've learned? And some of us looking for stuff we did in church and stuff like that. But if, if you'll do that, maybe go back and look at your calendars. Did that as well. <laughs> it's like, where have I wasted time and what, what could I have done better, you know, and and things like that, and so that I can do more things that I really want to do, and uh, and do that. So it's been it's been fun. I'd forgotten about some things, but I think if you'll do that, God will speak to you through that. It may not be anything dramatic, but he may just you may just learn a few little things about that. Another thing is is the second thing is dashboards. I'm gonna give you my life's dashboard and and some things. You know, if you got a car, uh, it's got a bunch of gauges on it, and some cars have a lot of gauges. Not that anybody knows what those gauges are. Uh, I had a friend of mine, his daughter called him one time and said, Dad, my car quit running. And, uh, and he said, well, well you know, she's out by UNO. And he said, well, what, what, was it doing anything uh, before it started? She said, well, this little red light's been on for a couple of days. Well, she'd run it out of oil. And, uh, you know, so those gauges, you've got an oil gauge. You've got a gas gauge. How many of you, uh, the, one of the important gauges to watch is how many miles are left in the tank, right? That's where I leave my little optional thing on. I got down to one mile one time. I forgot to get gas on the way home. And I'm thinking, how far away from Shell am I? And I was about three-quarters of a mile. And I knew if I caught a red light the wrong way, I might not make it. But I made it. Uh, but, you, you know, you look at those gauges to see how you're doing. Well, you have gauges for your life. I want to give you several of them real quick. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll look at these. And, and so the first one is my faith life. Write that down. My faith life. That's your relationship with God. How are you doing in that? And what you might want to do is you might want to give yourself a grade and then write one sentence about how you could make that area better. I'm going to try. I'm not an introspective person naturally. I'm not. Pastor Kathy is. She's always evaluating and sometimes too much. But I'm, I'm like the other way, uh, you know. And, and so, but I'm going to try and do this several times this year. And, uh, and, and so... I know people that do it monthly, but my faith life, what about my prayer life? How would I grade that? Or my worship life, uh, maybe my Bible reading. You know, I'm pretty strong on some of those, and, and my prayer life could be better, though. And that's, I wouldn't give myself an A on that. I would on Bible reading. Tithing, I'd give myself an A and, and all that. So your faith life, what would be one thing you would do different, you know, to make that? And the second one is my marriage life, my relationship with my spouse, and if you're dating somebody, if you're not married, uh, it's just think about it dating, you know. But are you spending the right amount of time with your spouse? Do, do you love her like Jesus loved her, uh, like, like Jesus loved the church? Or do you submit one to another? If you're not married, are you being pure? Ask those kinds of questions as you evaluate your, your life. Your third one is my family life. That's your relationship with your family. That's extended family. That's cousins, mom, dad, you know, sisters, brothers, all those kind of things. And and uh, do you make time for them? Uh, the fourth would be your, your office life or your work life, uh, you know, uh, or maybe your job or school if you're in school, uh, you know. And are you working too much? I mean, there was a time in my life I was a bona fide workaholic. I mean, I remember when I went to work in hospitals, my first day was about an 18-hour day. And it was that way for about a month straight, and that just... That put into me where long hours didn't bother me anymore after that. And, and, uh, and so maybe you're working too much. Some of you might not be working enough, you know. Another thing about your work life, are you doing it with excellence, uh, you know, or are you, uh, are you on time to work? Are you giving it your best? Things like that. Evaluate how you're doing. My digital life is number five. My time on devices. How much time you're spending on these things. You know, Apple will tell you how much time you're spending. On there, if you, it's got a 
little gauge. You can send an alert to where it'll remind you. You know you're 10% up over last week. And, and that's not necessarily a good thing. But how much time? Look, when you're, whether it's TV, social media, or whatever, you're taking time away from something else. And uh, so another one be your ministry life. Number six, what's your purpose in life? Are you serving God through your purpose? We want to help you with, uh, we're going to do uh, a class on that. It'll be part of the grow, growth track where you look at your spiritual gifts and discover your areas maybe of, of being able to serve. Like some of y'all make great greeters. Some of you wouldn't. Uh, you know, if you're an introvert and you don't, don't necessarily, that's not a natural thing for you. It might not be that you need to be a greeter. You might want to be some, do something else in the ministry of the church. Uh, my financial life is number seven. My earning, spending, saving, and giving. It really ought to be where you focus on your giving and your saving and then your spending. Somebody uh, asked uh, Andrew Carnegie, uh, how did you become so wealthy? He said, uh, I tithe 10%, I save 10%, and I live on 80 And uh, And so I know guys that had that philosophy from when they were doing paper routes. And uh, and so you want to look at look at your financial life. Evaluate it. It's the first of the year is a great time. Have you been Have you been tithing? You can look at your giving records and have I tithed this year? And am I getting those blessings from God? Because God promises in His Word that He's going to take care of you when you tithe. I've heard so many miraculous stories of people uh, on tithing and uh, and giving even above that. It may be that you're tithing. You may want to think about: Do I need to step it up? I, we do that every year where we step it up and. And uh, number eight would be my social life, my time with friends and others. And let me tell you something. I'm not talking about friends on here. Some of, some of y'all that are watching <coughs> or some of you that are sitting in here, these aren't friends on here. Your Facebook friends, your Twitter friends are not friends. I'm talking about real people. I'm talking about real people. You need to, you need to get off social media and be around real people. And uh, you need to be around the right kind of people because we got some people aren't hanging around the right kind of people. You want to be hanging around people that are pulling you towards God, not pushing you away from God. And, uh, and so I know that's sometimes difficult, but that's just, if you want, you, it's an evaluation, that's a dashboard to see how you're doing spiritually, uh, you know. And then, then number nine is my attitude in the life. It's my attitude, my whole approach to life. Am I uh, a, a negative person? Am I glass half empty or half full? Or if you're like me, it's most of this running over all the time, you know. And, or do you have a yes, we can attitude? Uh, or are you always seeing why it won't work? And, um, and so you, your attitude, your approach to life. Number 10, my creative life, my dreams, my plans. Is there anything that you want to do in the coming year, coming month, or whatever it is that, that you're wanting to do in your life? And, and what can you do better, you know? Uh, one of the things I've always, I've wanted to write a book. I even started on it, but, you know, I always fight this thing. You're not smart enough to write a book. But there's a lot of not smart people who have wrote, written books that actually sell. There's a lot of smart people who have written them that just never sold. So anyway, but, but I, I, that's, that's something that you may have something like that that you're wanting to do. Number 11 is your mental or your emotional life, your mind and your thoughts. What are you allowing into your mind? That's controlling your thoughts. What are you looking at? What are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, you know, do you have stinking thinking or is your thinking pretty good? I mean, you know, um, you know, what are you allowing in? Because what you allow in is what simmers in there and controls you. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I mean, this is just real practical. If you'll do this, it'll make a difference in your life. And, uh, and so then... Uh, then Number 12, you may say, well, no, no wonder that's last. My physical life, my body, that needs to be number one for some of us, right? And uh, so am I eating healthy? Uh, I do decent with that if I can stay away from dessert, actually. And uh, dessert is my downfall. Some of y'all is like, and, and portion control. Pastor Kathy has two words for me when we're serving up dinner at home, or she's, uh, she'll go, portion control, portion control. You know, we... We didn't just half a steak the other day. We, we probably thirded it. But then I went back for the, the third. And then, uh, so that's got to stop, you know. But am I eating healthy? Am I working out? Are you working out? Now, I actually did something that I've never done. I've always been like I'm a private workout person. When I go to the gym, I go work out. I don't talk. I don't, so if you see me and you walk up, 
and start talking, I'm not going to talk back. I'm in there to sweat and get it over with, all right? It's, it's not a social time for me. I usually don't have a lot of time, but are you working out? So what I did was on this Apple Watch, it's got a fitness thing, and I've actually shared my exercise and all that, my steps with uh, a couple of people who are workout beasts. And, uh, and matter of fact, Denise the other day, she had 12,000 steps before I ate breakfast. And it was like, what in the world? I get a text from Gil saying, yep, drop D off at the, at the gym. She's hitting it with, uh, you know, with a ferocity. And, and so, you know, so I can't tell you. That's, that's motivated. She was funny the other day. I got back up on the treadmill. We were watching a Hallmark movie. And uh, she said, you're trying to catch up with Denise. I said, I don't think I can do that because she's like 10,000 steps ahead of me, but I'm going to get closer, you know. So accountability helps. Maybe you need to have some accountability partners or something like that. But, but it, are you going to do something different? And, uh, and, and so uh, you want to look at that. Another thing you can do is answer these questions real quick. Here's, here's some questions I think would be very good for you to answer as you look at your life. What's my life's purpose? What's my life's purpose? We want to help with that. Uh, with, with some classes and stuff, shape and, and uh, stuff like that. But Proverbs, Solomon said this, if people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. Now, we got people that come here that are watching that's stumbling around because they don't see God's vision for their life. And let me tell you, when you don't have God first, you're going to stumble around. And, and that's part of your purpose is to have God absolutely first. But he said when they attend to what he reveals... They're most blessed. Now, we have a lot of people. I, I used to have a guy at a church. He'd come up. You got a word for me? And I wanted to say, well, you hadn't done the last word yet. So forget any new words. And sometimes I think that's what God tells us. Robert, you hadn't done what I told you to do. So why would I answer you when you're asking me about this? And, uh, and so because God doesn't want to waste his breath on you. If you. When he gives us a revelation, he expects us to do what he's revealed to us. And when you do that, you're blessed, according to Proverbs. And so some of you are going to stumble around till, you've, till you find that purpose. Now, when we do this, the growth track, it's a, it's a growth track, will help you with that. The shape class will help you with that. Volunteering. On, I always call the volunteers the dream team. Now, y'all got to catch on to my term. I like that because you guys are the team. You're the ones that make the dream come true. And, and, uh, and, and so when you do what God wants you to do, he blesses you. Look what Colossians says. Paul said this. is for absolutely everything. Above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him, talking about in Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. You want to find your purpose, you're going to find it in Christ and in serving him. And, uh, and so we find our purpose in our creator. Too many people are looking for jobs, for relationships, for different things to make them have a purpose, to find their meaning. Uh, it might be your children. Let me tell you, they grow up and move off. And, uh, and, and so then you're, you're wandering and, and, um, and all those things. In Ephesians, Paul said this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Listen, you're a piece of the puzzle, of God's puzzle. You just got to find where you fit. But you find that by focusing on your relationship with Jesus. And when you figure out where you fit in, you're going to be living for something bigger than, than you and bigger than your problems. See? Part of what we want to do is give you a vision of God that's bigger than your problems, that's bigger, and, and so it's something bigger than you to live for. I mean, you know what you're living for, it doesn't. Listen, it won't keep things from happening in your life. We, we, all of us living for God, and COVID still happens. But it'll make it better to go through when you're living for the Lord, when you figure out what vision is. Then, guess what? Number two, you've got to do something about it. What am I doing to accomplish my purpose? What am I doing? To, I figured out what my purpose is. I figured out what it is. And, and what am I doing to accomplish that purpose? And, and, and part of that is, is, is how you're living your life working. If, did it accomplish the answer to number one? If what you're doing is, then keep doing it. The psalmist said this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. And he's not saying... How many days are you going to live? He's saying your days are important. He's saying that, that what you need to do is stop and think about your life and to assess your life and evaluate your life and plan for your life and, and plan your work on your purpose. Get, get, you know, ask yourself these questions. Are you, 
Is your schedule right? I mean, is your, you know, do you eat right? Do you sleep enough? Do you, do you go to bed on time? Do you get up on time? You know, it, it, he's talking about a system here. Number your days. Plan your days. And uh, see, our vision at River Church is this. I want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference in people's lives. That's our, our purpose. But our, 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 our system for doing that is you're going to know God primarily through weekend services, somewhat through small groups as well, but through weekend services, maybe outreach. You'll find freedom in different small groups because when you're in a small group and you're talking and you make friendships, you've got somebody you can share something with that you wouldn't share just to anybody in this room. And so you'll find freedom in small groups. You'll discover your purpose going through a growth track, whether it's, it's finding out what your giftings are, your personality traits, finding out what, what, where you can volunteer in the church, different things like that, and you'll make a difference on the dream team. Let me tell you, the people that served in that line of people coming to get supplies made a difference in people's lives. The people that helped us with the food uh, giveaway right before we all caught COVID uh, two years ago in November, uh, that made a difference in people's lives, giving them food. The people that wrapped all those presents that we just gave away, that made a difference in kids' lives. So wherever it is that you see to serve on that dream team, that's, that's what you're doing. So how, how do you know how you're doing? You ask that question, how am I doing? Proverbs 27, 23 said, Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. As a church, some of the questions we need, need to be asking are people getting saved? Are people coming to faith in Christ, whether it's online or in this building? And, and some of that is us inviting our lost family members and friends and co-workers. Are people then getting baptized, but baptized both in the water, baptized by the Spirit, Holy Spirit? Are people getting baptized? Are people coming to groups? Now, we actually track the numbers of people that go to groups because, see, numbers are somewhat important. We, we've come out of a culture where numbers were everything, but numbers are important. When we go to the bank and talk to the bank, they want to know what our attendance is, so we kind of have to count that. Uh, but... But you know, I'm, I, here's what I know is if we got a whole bunch of our people in small groups, I know we're moving towards health. If we've got a lot of people going through some of the classes, finding out their spiritual gifts and stuff like that, that's moving towards health. And, and, and the more people volunteering, that's moving towards health. See, I don't want just one person greeting. I want two or three greeting at, at each door. I, why? Because that lets you get involved. I want a whole team cooking. We... This year, we've got to add some cooking team or we're going to have pizza on some of those things because we've been killing a couple of people and we're not going to do that this year. And, and so we've we got to have some, some owner where people step up and you get to be part of that. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we track activities that matter. You know, when, when you're volunteering, when you see me sometime walking around my phone, I'm not texting. I see you and I'm checking Wayne in. He, Wayne was in church, or Wayne was out volunteering. Wayne was out doing this, or whatever. And uh, and so when we're out doing same thing, when we did those outreaches, I checked in all the volunteers, and uh, and and so because I wanted to know who was doing it, because you know what, I grow when I volunteer. I grow when you lead a small group, you will grow exponentially. Now we don't want to do small groups like we used to do, where it's a a, a full meal at somebody's house. That's just too much on somebody. We might have some snacks, but we're going to do some groups that are focused on some things. And, uh, and so we want to, want to find out. And so, but we track that. I mean, if I were to ask you how many children you have, you don't say, well, five, six. I mean, my mama, when I asked her so how many siblings you have, she said, well, more than 15, less than 25, I think. You know? but, but she had like her, 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 her dad... Uh, he kept having wives die in childbirth. And so there's like a whole batch of about eight of them before my mother's batch. And there's about nine or so in my mother's batch. And then we had a bunch of half uh, stepbrothers and sisters that were all cousins. So when my mama's family got together, it was big, okay? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, she by the time I was actually asking those questions, she'd forgotten those. But, you know, you know how many kids you have, right? And, uh, and so you want to you wanna, you wanna ask that. And, and you want to ask, how, how are we doing? How are we doing? We need to ask that. I, you know, I didn't want to ask that yesterday uh, of Pastor Kathy because I did something that made her mad. So if I'd asked her, how am I doing, she might have given me an F or something. But, you know, but, you know there, was an old, there was a youth pastor I was talking, heard, heard talking about this. And, 
and uh, he's, he was checking the youth building, and he saw a car parking out behind it, and the windows were all steamed up. And he said, uh-huh, caught one of my teenagers back here with his girlfriend. He's tapping on that. Will you roll that window down? Window rolled down. There's this old couple. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, brother so-and-so, and there's actually somebody on the board of their church. And, and he said, "Never. that's all right, never mind. And so he found him at church, and he said, I got to know how you do that after... After your 50 years of marriage, how y'all still go parking and steam up the windows and, and all that? And he said, well, he said, it didn't happen all our life. But he said, a few years ago, I started asking my wife, we'll go on a date. And I'd say, how am I doing? And he said, you better be ready for the answer because I didn't like the answer a lot of times when I asked. And, uh, and so how are we doing? Well, you want to evaluate each part of your life that way and, and, and we'll do that. And the ne- next thing we can ask you, what are my values? I think if you'll pray about it, you'll find out what your values are. Some of the values that I have and we have as a church would be this. I, I love God, and, and I, we want you to love God. And, uh, and so, you know, I want people to know that I love God. I had a friend used to say, I want people to know two things about me. One, that I love God with everything in me, and because of that, I love them. And, and so the second value is I love people. I love people. Folks, if we don't love people, we can't say we love God. Because one go, doesn't go without the other. So I want them to know, because I love God, I love them. And the third would be I pursue excellence, not perfection. Perfection is, is evil, is wrong, is sinful. Excellence, and we don't pursue excellence and be offensive to somebody because they didn't do it with excellence because we love people. Does that make sense? So, so even though we're pursuing excellence, we're always going to love people because we love God. We're always going to welcome people. We're always going to be friendly to people, right? This means yes. Online, y'all can nod your heads, all this stuff. And, uh, and so, and we're going to pursue excellence. And then lastly, a value I have is I choose joy. I'm pretty, for the most part, joyful in my life. I choose it, but there's days I don't feel like it, but I'm going to choose it. And so those are, those are some values. You, you ask God what your values are. You might come up with way more values. that You value honesty, you value whatever it is. Uh, you know, you ask him and he'll tell you. And then you begin to, those values are the coffee filter that you filter the rest of life through. And, and you do that. And then fifth, ask this question right here. What's important right now? What's important right now? And, uh, you know, one of the things is I would answer that for this church, I think, are small groups. That, look at this next question. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference? And I think small groups is that for us. And uh, not a cell group, but a small group. And we're going to do those in semesters. I think that's, that's one thing. And, and by the way, if you fix that one thing, the next time you ask that question, it'll be a different thing. At least it should be, or your fix didn't work. You know, what, what one thing, if it got better? Some of you are thinking about your house right now. I know my wife is. We we want to our Christmas present to each other this year. We remodel in the kitchen, and uh, and uh, and so and and a bathroom that badly needs it, and uh, and so it, it's like when I was thinking of this question, I said, "What well, one thing would make our house better? Kitchen remodel. <laughs> that would make it better. That way it wouldn't look quite. It's forty something years old. It's old. It's built in the seventies, I think. So it would make it look better." And make us feel better about having some of y'all over. <laughs> and so, uh, so you know, that's, that's one of the things. So what, what one thing, whatever area of life it is, would make it better? And focus on that one thing. What one thing for my health would make it better? Stop eating sugar. Second thing would be exercising. One of those, they kind of go hand in hand. In other words, ask yourself, what am I not doing that I should be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? Am I not reading the Bible every day? Get a one-year Bible. We have some left, I think. Uh, you can go and, and get the, the, uh, the devotionals. We have have a reading plan in the back where you can read through the Bible in a year. That will rock your world. It will change your life. Read through the Bible in a year. Uh, are, you, are you maybe not praying enough? Or maybe, maybe you're not tithing, and, and so you wonder why you keep having problems financially and stuff like that, or, Maybe you're not exercising and eating healthy and you're wondering why you're buying more and more medicine. You know, it's like I went to the pharmacy the other day and, and picked up some medicine. It's like I need to lose some weight so I can get off of this one right here. It costs 30 bucks, And, uh, you know, whatever. And so 
maybe that's what you need to do, and and uh, and maybe a Daniel fast would would uh, help you with that, or Daniel diet. And then and the next question is, what am I doing that I should stop doing? Might be eating sweets. Might be something else. Might be looking at something you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe it's watching the news and you need to stop because it keeps you jacked up all the time. I'm amazed at the misinformation that there is out there right now on, on everything, but especially on COVID. I mean, I had a guy tell me I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not, not saying you got to get the vaccine. He said, I'm not getting it because of what some attorney said. Well, I'm not taking medical advice from an attorney. I'll either get it or not get it based on what my doctor says. And, uh, and, and if he didn't get it and he's telling me to get it, I'm not listening to him. You know, but if he got it and he's all right then, and he's telling me to get it, that's like, that's like taking a diet plan from a fat doctor, all right? I mean, you know, you just don't do that. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, how is he going to tell me what will work when he don't know what it is, you know? So that's like somebody selling one of the, some diet, diet supplements, you know, and they're 400 pounds. Like, well, it hasn't worked yet. You know, so lose some weight, you know. When I see somebody says, hey, I've lost 100 pounds, how'd you do that, you know? And, and they said, stop eating the way you do. I said, okay. Uh, you know, so what am I doing that I need to stop doing? I think if you'll do these things, ask these things, 2022 will be better. Let me land this plane and wrap up real quick. Let me give you some things that I think we should do, and you can add to them or whatever. One is, and this is kind of cliche, I need to get closer to God. We all need to get closer to God. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, come close to God and God will come close to you. If you move towards God, he will move towards you. But he's not going to force you to, into a close relationship with him. He's not going to do that. But if you turn to him, remember the prodigal son that ran off? He, he turned back to his dad and his dad went running to him. God will run to you. He said, wash your hands. He's talking about repenting. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You've got to decide to take that foot out of the world and be wholeheartedly, I'm going to do what God wants me to do with my life. He's probably not going to send you to China as a missionary. He's probably not going to make you do so. But what he'll do, and you'll discover in the shape class, is he'll take your temperament, your gifts, your passions, and put them together, and you'll be able to see a clear area of ministry that you can do right here, right now. Write this down. Uh, and getting closer to God. If I want something I've never had, then I need to do something I've never done. Maybe you, you hadn't felt like you've ever gotten close enough to God. And so maybe I, one of the things you need to do is really get into the 21 days of prayer and fasting starting next week. And, uh, and, and so whatever it is, maybe you hadn't read the Bible consistently. That, that's one of the things. If you want something you've never had, that close relationship with God, healthy life, you've got to do something you've never done. Number two, I need to be honest with a friend. I need to be honest with a friend. It'll make your life better. James says this. He said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I'm not talking about confessing your sins to just anybody. Each one of us needs somebody we can talk to and be open and honest with that's going to love you no matter what, that's going to be your friend no matter what, and uh, that you can talk with. Then you get healed. Write this down. You go to God for forgiveness. You don't have to talk to somebody else for forgiveness. You just pray. The Bible says in, in 1, uh, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Done deal. You just talk to God. But you go to God's people for healing. You go to God's people for healing. And if you really want to be free of something, you've got to have somebody you can talk to. Sometimes you'll find that in a group where you'll be able to, to, we watched a testimony of a guy that had, man, I, it, it could be a movie night, except it's, it, it's like Job's going to want to hear this guy's testimony. It was so bad. But, but God dramatically healed him. And he said, why did I have to go through all this suffering? And, and he talked to people. And, and God, God told him, said, if I'd have healed you right off, it would have been the doctors getting credit. But when they told you that there's nothing else they could do, that you were going to die in a matter of days, then God healed him. After the doctors told him that, he, was, he had a stomach issue, he was hungry. He said, you know what? I hadn't eaten solid food in two years. He said, but all of a sudden I feel hungry. And he said, I think we need to go eat. And his wife nearly fainted. And they went, and he didn't just go eat something simple. He went to a barbecue joint. 
and, uh, and ate barbecue, and, and it stayed with him. And, 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 and they said, you know, you're talking real loud at church when, when he was prayed over, and, he's, and he had this thing around his neck that would amplify his voice. They said, you need to turn it down. It was off. God gave him his voice back. And, and, uh, and so it was just amazing. Look, you've got to have somebody that you can talk with and be honest with about your aches and pains or to pray with you for your healing, all that kind of stuff. Number three, I've got to discover my God-given purpose. I want to encourage you. We're going to do, uh, we're going to call it growth track. It'll be uh, four classes. And then we'll add, uh, we'll add a, uh, another class that'll be a shape class. I want to encourage you to take those. I mean, we're going to probably, probably do that a couple times this year where it'll be on a Sunday evening most likely. We may have some other groups that'll meet like on a Monday night for a season or whatever. But the, the growth track will be something separate from a regular small group. Uh, the shape class that will we'll do that. And then get involved in a small group. When we start those later this month, get involved in a living free group or a regular uh, small group or whatever. The living free groups, I'm, I'm telling you, are going to be powerful. Um, so you want to discover God's purpose for you. And, and look what Paul said in Ephesians 2.10. We all like Ephesians 2.8.9. By grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves, so that nobody can brag. Because you know if we could be good enough, we'd be like strutting, right? Yeah, I'm on a better street than you are, you know. And, uh, and, and we'd be all happy about that. And, but he says, so no one can brag. But then verse 10 says, it is God himself who made us, and we are given and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives, what does it say? Helping others. We've got a purpose. Part of that purpose is for us to help others find God and help others grow in their relationship to God. Listen, when you find that you created on purpose for a purpose, it'll free your life up. It'll free your life up when you, when you understand that. Number four, write this down. I will live my life for something that really matters. And the preacher's preaching long today. I'll live my life for something that really matters. You've got to have something bigger than you to live for. And that's one of the things we want to be able to help you do is to find something bigger uh, than you are to live for. Let me tell you, for one of the things for me, River Church is that. I mean, River Church, you know, the fact that I've been in ministry for years, it, it, it makes me behave when I'm, I'm thinking about misbehaving. <laughs> this is even before I met Pastor Kathy, and I know she'd kill me if I ever misbehaved. But anyway, I mean, you know, the fact that you're in, you've got to have something bigger than you. You've got to have something bigger than you. Because, see, if it's just me, that's, that's, that's you know, we've we got to live for something that really matters. And you guys matter. When I pray for you and I see your faces and, 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 and on a Monday when I'm feeling like quitting, <laughs> which is every Monday, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm praying for you guys, it, it just regenerates. Y'all didn't know that, but pastors quit every Monday. Every pastor in America quits every Monday. It really matters. See, Acts 20, 24, he said, all this other stuff matters little. He said, what matters most to me, Paul said, is to finish what God started. It's to finish what God started, the job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone know I meet, that everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. That's what our, our, our that's what really matters, is letting people know about this loving God. And you know how they know He's a loving God? The friendly faces that meet Him at the door, the people that give Him donuts the people that show them how to get into the sanctuary, the people that take them a basket of food, the people that, that, that pray for them it's, it, before they ever get in here. I've got to have something bigger to live for. Here's what I know. If, if I dedicate myself to something greater than myself, God will fill my life with passion and adventure. If you dedicate your life to living to something greater than yourself, to the Lord, to, to spreading His gospel, to helping people, like He said. You'll fill your life with passion. and You won't burn out. You don't burn out when you're on fire for the Lord. I grew up as a baseball fan, Atlanta Braves fan. My mom used to be a Dodger fan, and I was actually in Atlanta Stadium when Sandy Koufax pitched against the Braves. 
And I've seen Hank Aaron hit some of his home runs. I remember running two stop signs when he broke Babe Ruth's record. You know, uh, uh, I ran two stop signs so I could see the replay. Couldn't watch it on your phone back then, you know, and, uh, and all that. But there was a guy that used to play that was the strikeout king. Uh, he, he led the league in strikeouts in 1918. He led the league in strikeouts in 1923. He led the league. It means he struck out more than anybody else did. 1924, 27, and 28. This guy struck out more than anybody else did, but until Henry Aaron beat his record, Babe Ruth was the number one home run hitter of all time. Why is that? Because he'd strike out first time up, but he'd come to bat the second time. He might strike out the second time. He might strike out the third time. And if he did that, you didn't want to be the pitcher on the fourth time because it was going over the wall. Because, you see, he kept up and get, kept swinging. Now, you may have gone through a year where you feel like you've struck out and you've struck out and you've struck out. I want to encourage you, 2022, get back up to the plate. Get back up to the plate and swing at the ball. Get back up to the plate and swing at the ball. Let 2022 be that one out of five times that you're going to hit that home run. Keep swinging. You know, I love the song. It says, uh, uh, forget who sings it, but it goes, a saint is just a sinner who fell down but got up. A home run king is a strikeout king who just kept swinging, who just kept swinging. So bow your heads with me. Father, I just pray for each person that's heard this today. God, that you put faith in our hearts. Fill each of us with passion and adventure for you and for living for something bigger than ourselves. God, for those who don't know you, Lord, I know it all begins with a relationship with you. So if, if you're watching, if you're in this room and you don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you don't remember, maybe you've never felt that peace, you've never felt that burden of sin lifted off of you, I just want you to pray this. Matter of fact, we can all pray it together. Just pray with me, dear Jesus. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, come into my life. Be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit to follow you every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I pray for anyone that prayed that and meant that. God, whether they're online or here in this room. God, that you'll make yourself real to them. God, you said if we confess our sins, you're faithful to forgive us. And I thank you so much for that forgiveness, Lord. I thank you for that forgiveness. And so, God, we just confess to you we're in need of you. Lord, I, I pray that, God, you will help us as we go into 2022 to look back and, and evaluate, but look forward and do these things closer to you. God, we make time for you. We serve something bigger than ourselves, God. So help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I believe if we'll do this, 2022 can be your best life. Now while the band's coming up, close us out with a song. I just want to remind you, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, before you're thinking I'm trying to starve you, maybe giving up a meal, might be giving up sweets like I'm going to do, might be giving up social media, whatever it is, you choose to fast. We'll have resources next week. They're already on the website. But I want to encourage you as your pastor. I think that will make a difference in your life. It does me every year. And, uh, and so, but spend that time. Uh, spend it in prayer. Kill that flesh, that old nature that wants to keep doing something it doesn't need to do. And God will do some amazing things in your life. So let's stand up. Let's worship together as we get ready to leave. We will be here this Wednesday. I think we're going to do cookie exchange and movie night this Wednesday. And uh, maybe not ugly. Well, it's going to be cold. So if you want to wear your ugly Christmas sweater... One more time, and then we're going to take the decorations down. If you want to help take decorations down, contact me or contact Pastor Kathy and, uh, and, and let us know because we're going to box them up, and they're going to, to storage. All right? God bless you. Let's sing together.